why didn't Jesus heal everybody? Today, we heard about Jesus casting a demon out of a man. But Jesus didn't go around and cast all the demons out of all the people. Next week, we're going to hear about how Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. But there were a whole bunch of people whom Jesus didn't heal. Why? Today, I know some of you or some of your family members have different sicknesses, illnesses, this disease, that kind of cancer. Maybe you pray and ask the Lord to heal you and, well, a lot of us probably know of people where the Lord did. The Lord worked a miracle and that person was healed. And a lot of us certainly know of people who we prayed. Maybe we went to a healing mass here or a prayer service there and the, the healing never came. Why? I'd like to offer you the simple answer to that question and then tell you a story which I think will make the answer make sense. The answer is this. The answer is that God values our holiness more than our comfort. God values our holiness more than our comfort. On Friday, I went to the chiropractor. Nothing nothing wrong. I, I go there. I've pretty often to stay healthy, and I had a little tweak in my back, and just had to go and see the chiropractor. It's no big deal for me. When I was there, I saw a couple whom I know from Thibodeau. I hadn't seen them in a year and a half. I hadn't heard from them or anything. We weren't like super close, but I would see them over at Christ the Redeemer, and their parishioners there, and I, I knew who they were. And I saw the husband first, and he was having some problems with his shoulder, and, you know, Stuff of life, not a big deal. He was gone and, and, and getting some help. And I didn't even know his wife was there um, until I walked into uh, the next room where uh, she was getting some treatment and where, where I was going to get some treatment kind of in the, in the next section of the same room. And when I walked in, she was praying her rosary and had a really big smile on her face. And I was kind of excited. You know, I said hello and she had this big smile and I, I thought that um, we were going to have a conversation as we were each getting our treatment. But we didn't have a conversation. The reason that we didn't have a conversation is because at some point in the last year and a half, she, she developed a problem uh, with her brain. And I don't know exactly what, what the problem is, but, um, but I learned that um, it was a problem that, that stopped the brain from talking to like the vocal cords and the mouth so that she couldn't really talk. She could kind of try to say a few things and I could kind of sort of understand a few little things that she said, but really, I mean, she couldn't, she, she can't talk. She can think. She can write, at least for now. Like her mind's all the way there, thanks be to God. She just has this problem where she can't talk. 
I was struck, though, by how happy she looked the whole time that, that we were there. I was struck by how when I walked in, she was praying her rosary. And a few minutes later, maybe 20 minutes later, as we were getting our treatments, her husband walked in, whom I had seen already, and I guess he had finished what he was doing. And He walked in and started telling me the story about what was going on with her. He said something that struck me a lot. He said, you know, we, we went twice to this, uh, this healing mass. We went to pray for healing, and this priest apparently has a gift for healing, like a charism that comes from God. And Some people have been healed from cancer when this priest prayed over them, and God, you, God used him to heal them. He didn't... Uh, God didn't, didn't give us a healing, but, um, but the priest, he, he told, he, he said to pray the rosary every day. And, and the wife, she, she held up her rosary and she said, as best as she could, I'll pray the rosary every day. Every day. Since, she told, since he told her that. She prays that rosary. And I was able to understand her trying to say that um, not being able to talk is really frustrating. I was able to see in her husband the, the love that he has for her. The amount that he cares for her like practically in everyday life. And I was able to see the smile on her face. And the smile on his face, even though they were going through this very difficult trial. I was amazed by their witness of faith and of love. And as I was driving home here in Morgan City, I was thinking about why doesn't God heal people with a whole lot of faith like this? And, and something struck me that I am very confident was from the Lord that I'd never thought about until two days ago. Who's this? For those of us who are baptized and who are faithful, God does heal you. Every single person who is baptized and faithful, God heals. The question is not if God heals. The question is simply when. And here's why. Because if you and I have been baptized, then we have received the promise of eternal life. And so long as we die in a state of grace, so long as we die free from mortal sin, if we stay faithful and we do not commit mortal sin, or when, God forbid, if we do fall into the unfaithfulness of mortal sin, we come to confession and we receive God's mercy, then we are restored to a state of grace. And then when we die, what happens? 
our soul separates from our body. We will probably pass through purgatory, most of us, for purification. And then we enter into heaven. But there's more than that. The life that Jesus Christ promises to you and me is not simply about our souls going to heaven. The promise of Christianity is the promise of the resurrection of the body. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the third day after He died for us, did not simply have His soul raised up to heaven. No, on the third day, his soul, his human soul, which he took to his, which he united to his divine nature, was reunited with his body. And all of the causes of death were either glorified or wiped away. Then, on the 40th day after Easter, on the 40th day after the resurrection, Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. Not just his soul. He didn't leave his body behind on earth. He ascended body and soul into heaven. And just in case it wasn't enough for us to understand that our bodies were important and that Jesus was going to heal and bring back our bodies, later Jesus took his mama, body and soul, into heaven as an anticipation of what will happen to you and to me so long as we are baptized and faithful. My my friend from Thibodeau, I hope that, that she's healed. She is doing some medical procedures right now that might that that, that might heal her. I um Here's the thing. Whether she's healed now or not, so long as she is faithful, she will be healed when our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And when He raises up your body and mine and hers and His and everybody else's. And if we are faithful, Whatever problems we got with our brains, it's going to go away. Whatever problems we got with our bodies, it's going to go away. We will be glorious and glorified. Like Jesus. With Jesus. Forever. It's not a matter of if Jesus will heal you and will heal me. It's only a matter of when. So long as we are baptized and faithful. And right now, well, I have never seen that couple as happy as I saw them on Friday. They they were not like sad people. They were, you know, reasonably happy people before, but on Friday there was something different. On Friday I saw a depth of joy and a depth of love from the two of them that I had never seen before. Not in spite of her illness, but because of her illness. 
God desires our holiness more than he desires our comfort. I've told y'all already the story about my grandma and how she has dementia and they tell me Parkinson's and just can't take care of herself or really very much know what's going on anymore. And that is not comfortable. I watched my grandpa, as I've told you before, take care of her at 85 years old with a bum knee as best as he can day in and day out. And I talk to him and he tells me, Bryce, I said for better or for worse and I meant it. And right now it's for worse. But I meant it. And I see the way that my grandpa is, become, is, is receiving an invitation from God to become a saint. To see the way that my grandpa is choosing to love make him holy. God desires our holiness more than our comfort. God offers us the promise of heaven and God through sufferings and please God also through joys invites you and me to turn our focus to Him. To not focus on the health of our bodies though we should take care of ourselves and honor our bodies as the gift that God, give, that God has given to us but not as our primary focus. To not have our primary focus money or power or pleasure or things or comfort or security or politics or work or any of those things. But God, God wants our holiness more than He wants our comfort. God wants to bring us to Himself. God desires to heal us. He invites us to focus on Him. And here's the last thing. Those people who offer their lives in celibacy for the kingdom are meant to be a witness to the world of this deep focus on God. That's why for somewhere around 1,500 years, the church has decided to only choose usually, as priests, those who are also called to celibacy for the kingdom. This is what St. Paul is talking about in our second reading from the Bible today. And this is what we celebrate this week on Tuesday, which is the World Day of Consecrated Life. That when you and I see a nun who has said, I am going to give up the greatest natural good that there is, which is marriage, to focus on the kingdom of heaven. We say, wow. Wow. The kingdom of heaven must be something really important. Even though I get distracted by all these things, maybe by, by health or by money or by power or pleasure or whatever, by our comfort. When I see... Maybe there's some men and women, some nuns and monks, they go to a cloister and they pray and work all day and don't, basically don't see anybody outside for the rest of their life. Wow. The kingdom of heaven must be so good and must be so fulfilling. I should turn my eyes to Jesus a little bit more. When we see the others, the, the sisters and the friars who are out in their habits working in the world and we see them and doing evangelism, like, wow. All their life is about bringing other people to Jesus. What if I focused a little more 
on bringing my family, my friends, my co-workers, my schoolmates to Jesus. When we see the consecrated virgins, who there's only several thousand of them in the, whole, in the whole world, and we have two here in our own diocese, and we say, wow, these women are living in the world, they're working regular jobs, they're doing regular things, but they have been consecrated, they have been married to Jesus Christ. They've given everything to Jesus while they work to live as to be leaven in the world. Wow. Maybe as I go about my daily life, I can think more about Jesus. Maybe as I do my work and my things of the day, maybe Jesus is calling me to remember Him a little more and to focus a little more on the kingdom of heaven, on holiness. Those who are consecrated to the Lord. Amongst the nuns, the brothers, the sisters, the consecrated virgins. Give us this witness. God desires our holiness more than our comfort. God will heal us. Maybe now. Maybe later. It is our job to receive the gift of baptism, which we in here have received, and to remain faithful. And if we do, like those joyful, wonderful, consecrated persons that we see, like my friends from Thibodeau who I saw on Friday who had this great joy about them even in the midst of their suffering, then we can realize that holiness is better than comfort.